0: Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know where you can reach out. You can uh, leave a comment or DM us on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience, or you can leave us a review on any of the podcasting platforms. Let us know what you think about the episodes. Now that we got that out of the way. Um, we'll just go over a little bit about what we talked about the last couple of episodes. So last couple of episodes are about my opinion on what system we're actually living under. So a lot of people seem to think that we're living under capitalism, and I actually disagree with that assumption. Um, a lot of people seem to call our system capitalism, democracy under capitalism as well. Um, And I I think there's, you know, a lot more to it than just we're living in a free market capitalist system. So if you're interested in discussing the differences between capitalism, communism, socialism, um, and my views on that, I'd say to uh, go check out the last couple of episodes. And they're titled, uh, Which System Shall We Fight? On this episode, I just wanted to go over basically my main problem with what's going on in politics and what has been for, you know, decades at this point, but it just seems to be getting worse and worse all the time. So, um, that's what we're going to go over on this episode, um, about the two main parties, why everyone's so upset or seems to be on both sides, in my opinion. And then, uh, what I actually think about that and what angers me the most about, um, you know both parties and from my point of view both of the major parties are a huge problem in our society and we need to move on to something better so i have a lot of ideas about what we can do to make things better and to hopefully you know eventually be able to come together as a people against the powerful um but i just wanted to first cover what i see as the main problems going on and um why both sides are just so angry at each other. And one of the main things, you know, it's not like I'm the only person who mentions this, um, but you know most people are just falling into one or the other sides as you know, their tribe. So people just being tribal, and I mean, this has been discussed you know, a million times on Joe Rogan's podcast, and of course, all sorts of other people's as well, and just people, you know, getting into tribes and then just fighting for their team all the time. And for me, that's where, you know, most of my anger or hate, if you wanted to describe it, comes from is my hate is for the tribes in general, you know, people just being tribal and going from one side um, or choosing a side and just sticking with it You know, it's so easy. You don't have to think if you just pick one side or the other, if you just want to become a Democrat or a Republican and you just choose to follow and you just prescribe to their beliefs, you know, and what this Democrat said or what this Republican said. And you really don't have to think for yourself very much. You can sound like you know at least from your tribe's perspective you can sound like you're well informed because you've been you know saying the views of you know whoever is on your side you've been saying the views of Nancy Pelosi or AOC um or Rachel Maddow or you know on the other side you know you've been spouting the views of Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson and you know whoever is on the right that you're listening to so you know, in my opinion, just being in that tribal mentality, it makes it so easy for people to just listen to one side. And then they can, you know, basically turn off their brain and just they can spout to their friends. And most of the time, you know, groups of friends run in groups of people who have similar viewpoints, or at least somewhat close. So, It's easy to just fall in, fit in, you know, with your own tribe, and then people don't get to see the other side. They only hear what their side says about the other side. And since I do listen to shows from um, both political parties, both sides, you know, points of view, I do see a lot of the different um, arguments from both sides. I don't agree fully. With one side or the other, like I've said many times on this podcast, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I mean, my views are way off from both of these parties. If you just went down and, you know, checked a list or whatever, which there are polls like online that will tell you who you would be most closely associated with, what party, what political candidates um, in different races. I uh, don't have that information off the top of my head, but I will look that up and put it in the show notes for you guys. Um, But you can take a poll and it'll let you know if you lean closest to Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, or Green Party, you know, and you can take a five-minute quiz and it'll let you know what you, you know, your views and how closely they align with um, any of those parties. I'm not saying to just take this and then vote that way forever. You should always look into individual candidates that you're voting for, but the main point of this show is to try to get people to open their minds to voting for someone who might not win. So, you know, in my opinion, the third parties, they have zero chance of winning, or at least they have in the past. We may be reaching some kind of turning point. Based on any of the past elections, we aren't reaching a turning point. There's nothing is changing. People are voting for Republicans and Democrats, um, you know, just as much as ever. And the third parties get basically no votes. I'm hoping that that will be changing. And there's a lot of different people that are, um, you know, they're not mainstream. They're mostly independent people, but they do have larger platforms now because of platforms like, you know, this one on Spotify or whatever podcast platform you're listening from, um, where people can just put out information. And it's not just the news, you know, it's not just these huge media outlets that, are uh, pushing a certain narrative. So I do see a lot more people pushing for change on that front, and I hope something does come of it. That's why I'm trying to add my voice to the mix here too, and hopefully I can convince some people that it is worth voting for, like I said, a third party, you know, a different uh, candidate, an independent. And basically what I feel like is we can't keep going, you know, forever with these two parties. And basically, that's what angers me, like I was saying before, is just people being so absorbed and sucked into these two parties, you know, Democrats and Republicans. I mean, I've had, you know, hundreds of arguments with people uh, throughout my life since I started voting for people who aren't Republicans or Democrats. I mean, people always tell me I'm throwing away my vote. And. I mean, how upsetting is that supposed to be when someone tells you your vote doesn't even count because no one's going to vote for them. So they try to convince me to join their side because the other person is evil and, you know, they're going to destroy the country. Well, I don't want that. So I'm not going to vote for someone that other people just tell me to just because they think the other person is horrible or worse than the other um, candidate, you know, out of the two candidates. And not everyone thinks they're voting for the lesser of two evils, but it is a common thread with a lot of people. They do think that they're voting for someone who isn't great. They're not finding the perfect person, which, of course, there's not a perfect person to be president. It's not like it's an easy job to do or something, but there has to be better people out of the 250 million adults in America than Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or, you know, Barack Obama and um, John McCain or Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. I mean, the main people of these two parties, and that's what frustrates me the most, is that both of these two parties are being called authoritarians from both sides. So each side is calling the other side authoritarian. And. I believe that they're both correct. So I think both of these sides are authoritarian. They consistently want to grab more power for the government and for the, you know, elite uh, corporate class. So this is like what most of the people on the Democratic side do say, is that the Republicans are authoritarians. They want more power for the government and they keep giving all the money and power to You know, the huge corporations. And I agree that they're doing that, but the Democrats are also doing that. The Democrats vote on these huge bills to give bailouts to giant corporations as well. And basically, keeping these corporations as monopolies to, you know, survive and do whatever they want, even if they're going bankrupt. And then they get bailed out by the government and they're still there with all their power intact. So that's what frustrates me the most about these two parties is, you know, most Americans, they don't have the time or the energy, or they just, they don't care enough. You know, they want to just delegate their thinking or whatever, you know, politics is boring. They don't want to deal with politics. So they just leave that up to, you know, all the talking heads on TV And then they just go, oh, those politicians, they'll all work it out. You know, everyone else will just figure it out for us. And they never do. And the people who are in politics, they always just keep benefiting themselves. That's what they're there for. That's why they, you know, that's why it seems like the government keeps getting larger, getting more power. And then the big corporations keep working with the government to get more power. It's just this constant cycle, and both sides seem to be upset about it. Both sides seem to be upset that these massive corporations seem to do whatever they want and just pollute the world and you know, don't pay enough. They don't um, you know take responsibility for their actions. They never get in trouble. The pharmaceutical companies pay fines, the oil companies pay fines. You know, and no one ever gets any like criminal sentences or anything for all the pollution and the damage that they've done to people in their lives. And that's my whole point. Both of these sides are doing this and they're making it advantageous for corporations to do this. And they're making it advantageous for the government to have more power over your lives. Um, So that's what frustrates me the most about this tribalism is that people have fallen into believing that it's one side or the other that's doing all of the authoritarianism and I believe that it's both sides so the Republicans and the Democrats if there was just one side doing it they would never be able to do it because everyone would just join the other side and crush them so they have to have a little show of the Republicans and the Democrats they put on a show that they're fighting for you. We're fighting for you, says the Republicans. We're fighting for you, says the Democrats. But neither of them give a shit about you at all. And everyone even knows this. When I talk to other people about politicians, they know that they're slimy people. That's every single one. You know, it's it's not like this is like some uh, radical viewpoint that politicians are slimy and don't care about you. Everyone knows they'll say whatever they will, you know, whatever they can, whatever they have to. Um, They'll just grasp on to the point of view that they think people want to hear and will vote for. They even do polls. They do polls for what their constituents want. And then they say those things. When they get into office, they don't even do most of the things that they say. Almost no politicians do that. So. I don't understand how that leads to people reelecting them constantly. And I know it's a different Republican. It's a different Democrat. I mean, a lot of them in uh, like the House and the Senate, the national House and Senate, they are the same people. They've been there for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I mean, that's complete insanity to me. Why not get a few new people in there? But um, either way, Even when that one fails, that Democrat fails. So they try to put a new Democrat in instead of trying out someone from a different party. You know, and both the Republican and the Democratic Party have so much money and so much power. They have so much more funding than any of the other parties that they can just promote whoever, whatever candidate they want. And they can promote, you know, so much more than any of the other tiny parties or any independent would ever have a chance to promote. So just getting their name out there even, you know, for for someone who's not going to be backed by these parties is really difficult. But what, you know, confuses me and frustrates me the most about both of these parties is how many followers they just follow them. They don't, you know, even think it's a possibility that we would go with a different party and they they hate the other side so much even though most of the topics um Like I've said many times on this podcast, most of the people who believe in both of these parties, they want similar things on most issues. So there are some issues that I believe will never be resolved. Um, But most issues, Republicans and Democrats, the voters for these candidates and these parties, they want the same things because they're just regular American citizens most people are working an average job. Most people are making an average income. Most people have an average family size. That's why it's the average. Most Americans are living that way. And I know that you know there's people living differently in cities than there are out on farms and in the rural areas. But most of these people are the same. They still want families. They still want their friends and their families to be happy and have decent lives. They want them to have decent living wages. So most of the things that the right and the left argue about, at least as the uh, voters for those parties, are just on the different ways that they would be able to achieve those goals of getting, you know, a good living wage, of having good health care, and different issues like that. So on those ones, you know, we should be able to come together much easier. But like I said, you know, I don't see how people can keep voting for their side when their side never gives them any of the things that they actually want anyway. If you're a free market conservative, the Republicans have not been doing this for you. If you are a, you know, socialist Democrat, the Democrats aren't doing this for you either. They're not giving you the health care and, you know, the Republicans aren't giving you the small government that they claim they stand for. And it's not only that they're not giving it to you because I believe that they put on a show to make it look like it's impossible for them to give you any of these things from either side. That's why they switch back and forth all the time. You know they're so close, all the time in the elections, the the House and the Senate. You know they flip every two or four years. It's it's so crazy. It's like clockwork. Um, after a Democratic um, president gets elected, the House will flip to Republican within the next two years. It happens every time, and. I do believe that people's votes count, but there is a kind of show going on where then they can say, "Oh, look, we're getting blocked by the Republicans. And you know, vice versa when it's a Republican president and then the House or the Senate gets flip-flopped to the other party as well. And if there was multiple different parties, You would get input from all these different viewpoints on each issue instead of just a one sided issue. They present a bill. Oh, the Democrats want to vote for it. So they vote for, you know, if they have uh, 52 Democrats in the House and there's 48 Republicans, they need all 52 of the Democrats to vote for it. And then, oh, no, two asshole Democrats voted against it. So we lost. And they they do this all the time. And then you don't get, you know, the things that you want, like Medicare for all, or, you know, different social programs that the Democrats claim to want. These are the people, you know, who vote for the Democrats that want these social programs. I mean, I agree that we should have social programs. I think that we should be discussing how to make the social programs better, not adding on different social programs. But, you know, that's a completely different argument for another time. My main point is, you know, just to try to get people to consider voting for a different party. So the Green Party and the Libertarian Party are going to be the next two biggest parties. And it's pretty wild to me that a lot of, you know, Democrat and Republican voters do not fall over and vote for the Libertarians and the Green Party already just based on the views that i hear from, you know, regular people, they just go for the republicans and the democrats because you know, that's the safe bet. they're voting for them because they're likely to get elected and they don't want to waste their vote. but i would say it's a wasted vote if you're voting for somebody that you know will probably get elected and you don't really feel that great about them becoming president or you know, having one of the House seats in the Congress or one of, you know, becoming a national senator or even in your local elections, if you're just voting because, you know, well, I'd rather have that one than the other one. And there's no chance of anyone else winning. You're allowing them to just pick those people for you. The Democrats and the Republicans, they do this even on the local level. They back candidates in every little district and community and state. They back candidates and they throw money at them so they put these people in your face. So my main point would be stop voting for the people that these two parties are nominating. They've had forever to try to fix the problems in this country and the problems right now are crazy. There's no reason for our homeless population to be massive. There's no reason for people to have a hard time obtaining food or not have good paying jobs. Um so you know these are these are the like easiest things to solve that people the our elected leaders make them seem so complicated but when we have all of the technology that we have um at this point in 2023 I mean we we can provide for everybody just very easily so with how much everybody works too you know people keep saying that um you know, unemployment is a problem where people don't want to work. Everyone I know has a job, so I don't know who's not working, you know, out there. But most people have jobs, so you know, it's hard for me to find employees. I don't think it's because people don't want to work. I think it's because people already have other jobs. Um, but you know, sure, of course, there's a sentiment of people not wanting to work crappy jobs, but you know there's there's a lot better jobs than there was when i was a teenager available now or when i was in my early 20s i mean i worked for like 550 an hour when i was 15 the minimum wage is still low but nowhere around me pays minimum wage so um there's definitely jobs out there that are a lot better than before and i don't think it has anything to do with the government it has to do with the actual people choosing better jobs, not taking as much shit from corporations, bosses, and just taking horrible positions for low wages. Because I believe that we as the people should be making the choices, not the government um, of what the minimum wage should be, or, you know, how corporations should be treating people. I believe that people have enough intelligence for themselves to decide what a reasonable wage is for them to get paid and how they should be, you know, being treated in the workplace. That's how I believe we solve the problems is through personal responsibility, like I've said many times on this podcast before. Um, But either way, whether or not you believe the government should be enforcing, you know, different rules like this, They aren't doing it for you. So the Democrats have been saying that they're going to enforce a $15 minimum wage forever. They don't even bring it up to a vote. So my whole point isn't even that, you know, what they say they stand for isn't what you want. My point is that what they say they stand for, they don't even actually stand for. So why would you vote for them? Let's let some new people come in and then we will see if they listen to us. And they will have to listen to us because they will know that we will vote them out next time. Right now, the Republicans and the Democrats have no fear of not being reelected. Okay, so there's only one of two options if you're running for president, Republican or Democrat. They know they're going to win. They have a 50-50 chance of winning every single time. And if they lose this one, four years from now, 50-50 chance. Four years from then, 50-50 chance. Every single time. Why don't we throw in some other options and stop allowing them to win on a coin flip? They don't care about you, and they're never going to. If we get some other people in there, they don't even have to care about you. All they have to know is that if they want that position, they better listen to the American people because we're going to vote them out. So right now, they don't have to listen to you. Because they're going to get reelected, or you know another Republican or another Democrat is going to be elected into those positions. And that's how it is in most positions, not just the presidency. That's how it is in the Senate in the, in the House uh, nationally, and that's how it is in almost every single state. There is a crazy low number of independents and third party um, elected officials throughout the country. So my main point of overcoming the hate from the left and the right is to work together to get some new people who will actually listen to our ideas. So like I said at the beginning, I was going to cover just, you know, my main frustrations with the tribal culture that we have of people just choosing sides and then not even spending enough time on the issues to really understand them that well. They're just, you know, picking a side. And then for some reason, those people don't listen to us anyway, either side. And then they don't, you know, uh, bring to legislate any of the issues that we actually want taken care of. And it's because they don't have to listen to you because they know they're going to be elected. So, you know, what's the solution to these things? Well, my main solution would be to vote in new people, but even though, you know, I believe that eventually we will be able to start getting some third party candidates and, you know, hopefully we can start taking one percentage at a time, two percentage points at a time off of a lot of elections and getting those for, you know, third party and independent candidates. But some other ways that we can do this just to start getting better communities in a better country isn't even through voting. So, you know, there's other things that we can work together on, even in our local communities. And this is why I promote the local communities so much, because we have way more power in the local communities. If you can't have, you know, nationalized health care for the entire country. Well, if California wants that, how come California can't do it themselves? So if you live in California and that's what you want. You need to start pushing your leaders to do that for California. California is a, you know, state of 40 million people. That's bigger than like so many countries out there. If you can't do it in California with your economy, it's one of the largest economies on the whole planet. Why would we be able to do it on an entire national scale? So my advice is to, start voting in your local communities, smaller groups, because you actually have a lot more power in that rather than, you know, rallying against the, all the national politicians who definitely won't listen to you. Of course, they don't care about you. They don't even live by you. They don't live in your state. They might live 3000 miles away. If you live in California and they live in New York. So why would they care about you? Um, That's my main point of keeping it local. And you know, start getting some of these changes on the local level that you want to see. So beyond just voting, you know, we can work together in private markets. We can work together in nonprofits and just with our local communities. So if you want a better community, you know, and you want better companies, you can start a company. I know it's not as easy as just starting a company but especially if you're not happy with your workplace, there's probably many other people in your workplace that don't like it. You guys already run a company. If you don't like that company, you can create a better company yourselves. You already have the skills to do your position. Other people already have the skills to do other positions in that company. You can create a better company. Is it difficult? Yeah, of course it's difficult to create a good company. but. If you actually care, the government isn't going to fix companies for you. You have to fix them. So even if you don't want to start a company, you know, make your company better. In the culture that we have today, the workplace has changed a ton. The power has shifted a lot more towards workers. So, you know, get together with other workers. And people might be thinking that I'm saying to unionize if that's what it takes to do something in your workplace, then unionize. It shouldn't be that difficult though. You know, depending on the company you work for, if you work for a company with thousands of employees, yeah, I mean, a union might be the only way to try to get management to notice that, you know, the workers are miserable and that they don't have to be. But in a lot of the smaller companies that are around the country, which most people are employed by small businesses. So About half of the population is employed by small businesses, and half of the population is employed by medium to large businesses. So if you work in a small business with 15, 20, you know, 50 people, you do have a lot of say in that company. Can they fire you and replace you? Well, of course, but if you're doing a good job, if you believe you're doing a good job and you are doing a good job, your boss doesn't want to just fire you over, you know, some little things. So making small improvements, you know, little by little in our workplaces can have a huge impact over time. And, you know, each time it happens at every little business, it's making the entire community better because when someone works at that company and they worked at another shittier company before, they know the difference so they can tell their friends, hey, that shouldn't be happening at your company. Why don't you tell the boss about that? And every improvement at every company affects the other companies. So, you know, my company is competing with other companies to treat workers better because these days that actually matters. You know, better paying jobs for what the job is and just better treatment in general um, is going to be super important in the future. So these changes are happening. So, my main point is, you know, rather than being so upset at the other side, We can make little changes and work together in our own, you know, company cultures and by creating companies as well. So another way that we can come together and stop hating on the other side as much is in our local communities where we have much more power, you know, actually going to some of these board meetings and committee meetings that they hold all the time. So you're allowed to go to your local, you know, board hearings and see what's going on in the township in the cities that you live in, and, you know, tiny amounts of people show up to these things. I mean, these things should be flooded with people all the time, because these are the decisions that, you know, what buildings are going to be allowed in your communities, and what kind of, you know, pollution allowances there are for companies, all sorts of things, where new roads are going to be placed. And there's small groups of people that we have elected that are voting on all these things. And, you know, we need more input from the communities to tell these people what we actually want. Otherwise, they're not going to listen to us and people are just going to be upset. I mean, I see people complaining on Nextdoor and Facebook all the time about what's going on in the local community. Well, did you go to the local committee, you know, meeting about whatever you're upset about? I've only been to a couple myself, but I'm planning on going to a lot more in the future. I'm trying to get more involved. Like I've said in past episodes, you know, I've just begun to get my life together more. I'm now, you know, 32 years old and my my 20s were, you know, just about having fun, mostly having a good time. And, um, you know, now I'm trying to get a lot more involved in my community. And same thing. You know how we can affect our communities too, a lot more than voting in a presidential election is to start volunteering at nonprofits. So, you know, I've started volunteering at a local nonprofit here, and I'm using a portion of the revenue from my window cleaning company to donate to um, some different uh, charity organizations. And I still haven't decided all the different organizations that I am going to be supporting. Uh, The first one that I know I'm I'm going with is called Operation Underground Railroad or OUR. And what they do is uh, try to rescue people who have been enslaved into sex trafficking or human trafficking. And uh, that's going to be one of the organizations that we support. But so, you know, volunteering in your local community, donating to charities to try and actually better this world, you know, is going to have a much bigger impact than voting for the president. Because, like, we have a tiny amount of power in that when there's, you know, 170 million people voting or 150 million people in the uh, presidential election. And I hope to change that over time, too, so that it's not just Democrats versus Republicans all the time. But before we can make that happen, we have to make personal changes in our lives to even start showing that we care, otherwise no one's going to listen to us. If you just go home from work and complain to your friend or your spouse about the, you know, office that you work in or the conditions you work in at the shop that you work at or whatever, you know, labor position or office position you have, and you didn't discuss this with any of the management or ownership or anybody else in the office, you know, and try to make a change about it, That's not going to happen. The change is not going to happen. So um, there's, you know, a lot of things that we're all going to have to do if we want to actually make a better country. And what I see happening is the opposite of that. I see people who are confrontational that don't want to work with the other side at all. They just believe they're evil, you know, and We need to just screw over that side and hope our side wins because the other side's authoritarian, so we need to enforce all our policies on them. I see that from both sides. That's what authoritarianism is. That's how it happens is through, you know, acting tribal like that. So that's, you know, going back to the first part that I was talking about with my frustrations, that is how authoritarianism happens when you think you're so right and your side is so right, whoever you file or whoever you follow is the most right and you know everything that you want is great and everything you the other side wants is bad. That's how you get authoritarianism because you believe that you're better than the other people, then you other them and then you don't mind controlling them. So you know that's what I see happening and that's the opposite of what I want to see. I want to see people trying to work together because I know a lot of people and most of them don't want to live under an authoritarian dictatorship, but it does happen to countries over time. There's been a lot of free countries in the past that turned into authoritarian dictatorships. It's not like it's a thing that's impossible to happen. I don't think we're really there yet, but it could definitely be heading that direction. So this is where I'm going to close up for this episode. But I just want to make one more point before I get out of here. And like I said, you know, the main thing that I still think is going to be the most important thing is to vote your conscience in all the ways that I've discussed. Voting your conscience at the polls with your dollars and in your own personal life, making decisions that are right for you. So I'll leave you like I always leave you with a message to try to curb the division. When you're talking to your friends, your neighbors, your family about politics, and they have a different political view than you, I just want you to remember that that person most likely wants what's best for themselves, their family, their friends, and their community. And most of the time that includes you if there's someone close to you. So they might have a different position on how to come to a solution on any given problem, but they're still going to care about you, their community, their family, and their friends, and I want us to try to work together as much as possible. So I'll just leave you with that. Remember to always be as compassionate as possible when you're having political discussions, and to always vote your conscience.